Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode eight of Blood is Thicker Than Ballers. I am one host, Robbins Exume, and we have our second host, Jonathan Exume. How's it going, people? Hey, everybody. If you were guessing, yes, we are related. Yes, we are brothers, blood brothers, and we like to talk about sports. It's exciting. We have an exciting, it's an exciting time of the year. We got a packed show, and we are really uh, excited to kind of get into these topics today, John. So we're not even going to waste any time with any of the pleasantries. We're not going to waste time with anything else. We're going to get right into it uh, today, pertaining to our topics uh, for our eighth show. First topic that we want to touch on, it's NFL free agency time. Mm. And of course, free agency is a great opportunity for teams to get better really, really quickly by adding some elite talent. One of those teams added some elite talent uh, this offseason are the New England Patriots. Yes, Tom Brady's former team, Bill Belichick's current team. Uh, and they have done a lot of work in free agency. So just to kind of go over, they've added a couple of key tight ends and John o. Smith from Tennessee. Hunter Henry from the L.A. Chargers, mm-hmm. Kendrick Bourne, former receiver from the uh, San Francisco 49ers, Nelson Aguilar, who last year played with the Las Vegas Raiders, previously played with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they also added a couple of uh, defensive linemen in uh, Henry Anderson, and they also added some defense defensive players. Uh, their former Patriot, uh, Kyle Vanoy. They also added Raycon Smith. And they added Matthew Judon, one of the best pass rushers, former Baltimore Raven. So, John, real quick, after all these signings and after the Patriots underwent a 7-9 and nine regular season last year, should we consider the New England Patriots, after all these signings, and knowing that they have one of the best coaches of all time as their head coach, should we consider the New England Patriots as title contenders? right now okay um i'm I, you know i i don't want to bust any of the new england patriots fans um hopes um the yes bill belichick spent a lot of money um drafting i mean you, you know in free agency the, to answer your question the answer is no they're not super bowl contenders yet um i love cam newton I'm concerned about his arm. Um, now he has some weapons. You know, he has tight ends. You know, let's not forget he has dropped the ball, Nelson um, Aguilar, that they picked up, who went – so here's the thing. If they get the Nelson Aguilar um, that played for the um, Las Vegas Raiders, yeah, then um, – like I still feel that, you know, they can make the playoffs. Yeah, um, but winning, being a Super Bowl contender, no. I still think next season Buffalo Bills will win a division. Because um, remember, Buffalo ended Emmanuel Sanders. Okay, they so did. Yeah. Uh, so you know that's that really, in my opinion, shores up the offense. Um, their defense is good, but you know they still need a couple pieces. But they, I believe, I believe that Buffalo will be number one. I'm concerned about Miami a little bit, but I feel that Miami's defense is really good. 
mm-hmm. despite you know the some of the pieces they lost. Um, the concern, like remember, Miami was ten and six, shifting quarterbacks around. Yeah. So, I expect you know if if T- Tagalua is who we think he is, mm-hmm. and he shows up as the Alabama version, you know, pre-injury, the Patriots might be the you know now that we have seven teams right now that can make the playoffs. Playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, they they could be a seven seed. Um, I still feel that there are a lot of teams better. I still feel that there are a lot of teams still better than they are. Um, let's not forget Cleveland Browns did a lot um, in free agency yes. addressing the defense, the mm-hmm. side of the, uh, of the ball. And the question is now what they do with um, uh, our guy um, Odell Odell Beckham. You know, yeah. Do they trade him? But no, they trade him to the Patriots. No. <laughs> no, they're not a title contender, not yet. Okay, I think it's an interesting question because one, you have a team in New England that has a championship pedigree. Okay, a lot of those players that are on the team, and remember, they had eight players not play right. last year because COVID that opted out. Uh, one of them, Patrick Chung, is retiring. Okay, right. he's not coming back at all. But they are going to add some pretty solid players to a team that, you know, won seven games last year. I think uh, if you're in the range of winning nine to ten games, uh, you're a playoff contender, but not a title contender. I think Bill Belichick is good for two wins a season by himself. Okay, right. he's good enough of a coach that he can he can get you two wins. So for the team, the team has to go and get the other eight or nine wins to get to like 11 wins. Now, defensively, I think they're going to be very, very good because I think their secondary is going to be very, very good. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, their linebacking core, they add, you know, not to hide tower comes back. Judon, you've got two solid linebackers. Van Noe is a very good linebacker. That's a very, that's almost, I mean, with Bill Belichick kind of orchestrating and pulling the strings, that has potential to be an elite defense. Now, we want to see what they do on the defensive line, right. okay, in terms of adding elite talent that can rush the passer. But that is potentially an elite defense. J.C. Jackson at the corner, Stephon Gilmore at, at the corner. That's potentially an elite defense. Offensively is where I have questions. Is Cam Newton accurate enough to run that offense? Okay, for the team's going to respect the passing game. Um, you got two really good tight ends. Can Cam Newton effectively get him the ball? Or... Is there another quarterback that they right. feel that they can get that is going to be able to run that offense efficiently? Cam Newton is is a great uh, player, mainly because of his ability to run and pass. He's never been an accurate passer. He's never had to be an accurate passer because he's been such a great athlete. Right. Some of that athleticism, of course, is not there anymore because of the punishment he's taken, you know, in his career. But I think. New England is a sleeper title contender because they you are potential sleeper. Yes, they're a sleeper. I think they're a sleeper because of the fact that you have one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL. If you give me, if Bill Belichick has it. If you get me enough, I can get you over the top. Bill Belichick is the X factor in that. Okay, he can come up with schemes. He can come up with uh, ways for his team to win games in a week in week out basis. Okay. And I, and I feel 
because they have now enough, they have enough talent. Because it was, it's pretty obvious, okay, that the Ringwood realized we don't have enough talent to compete. And they still won seven games, okay? They had talent, probably talent equivalent to a team that's winning three or four games. They got seven. You're telling me now with this additional talent, with uh, Cam Newton having another year in the system, they can't get to 10 or 11 games and then mm-hmm. get into the playoffs, potentially get, you know, win, win a game in the playoffs and get themselves to a situation where they can get to the AFC championship game. I think they can do it. Mm. I really believe that I think they can do it. Now, yes. are they better than Baltimore? No, not right now. Listen. Are they better than KC? No, I don't think so right, right now. Could they beat Buffalo in a playoff game? Heck, yeah, they can. Mm. Yeah, they can. They can Rob, beat Buffalo in a playoff let's game. Not forget. You're also forgetting. Let's not forget. Cleveland Browns did very good um, so far in free agency, addressing their okay. defense. Okay. And they have um, a one-two punch at running back. Um, I I feel that the Patriots can get maybe to ten wins, and I think okay. they get, and I think they get the seventh seed. I think that there's, I think that there's going to be um, more. Like to me, they're not better than Baltimore. Yeah, I agree. Not better than Buffalo, in my opinion. Not right now, but they're not better. But wait for the season to play out. They're not better. They're not better than Kansas City. I don't think they're better than the Cleveland Browns. Um, and here's the thing: whatever happens with Pittsburgh, um, I think Pittsburgh's going to have a slightly down year this year. Okay. Um, and I feel that there's some other teams that may that may um, peak this year out of the. Okay. Out of the AFC, like you know, let's not forget the. I really think that the Vegas Raiders might. Um, and, and let's not forget. Remember, the draft hasn't happened yet. No, it hasn't. So New England, and, and the thing is, New for, England is notorious for for, for poor drafts. I would, I, oh, I wouldn't say that they're notorious for poor drafts. I think the last the last draft that they had was bad. This is that was the, for the first time in a while they were not a title contender and they were almost without direction, and I think they just drafted some dudes to try to. I don't. I mean, I don't know what they were really were doing because most of the dudes that they drafted I never heard of. But I the think impact now, players are players th- th- that have been discarded. That's been their. That's been their mo. Discarded yes, players on the team. Scrap heap, but Tom Brady was a difference maker. He can make some, a, a decent receiver into a good receiver. But remember, they add Julian Edelman back. Uh, they, Bro, you know, how they have Julian Edelman have? Come on, Julian Edelman is like no Julian Edelman. I still, I think he still has a little in, in the tank, and he drops the uh, ball a lot. Think about he it. Still has a, they got he two still guys got on the team. There's two guys on the roster that are in the top ten the last five years in drop balls. Edelman and Aguilar. <laughs> well, Edelman, have two of them. Edelman has been, um, you know, productive. But I'd say this. I'd say coming into this draft, it's a little different because they know where their holes are. They know that if they want a quarterback, okay, to groom, that they can go get him because you have Cam Newton that can hold the four down. Uh, they know that if they need another defensive lineman that can rush the passer, you know, that they can go get that guy. They need, they know they need another 
offensive lineman to replace uh, A that went to Kansas City, the, their, uh, their guard. Mm-hmm. They can go get – so they know that, hey, those are our three main uh, areas. We can go get someone, okay, and we know, okay, this is where we are. I think last year we were just trying to see whatever, you know, could stick. And I don't think that they really had a good focus in terms of what they needed in order to improve the team because it was just so many holes on that roster. They really had no receivers. <clears throat> they got nothing from their tight ends. You had a brand new quarterback. You had all these def- defensive players that opted out. So it was it was interesting for them to uh, to see them go through that. And I think a year removed from Tom Brady leaving, they're going to be a better team. I think they'll be better than seven and nine. And I see them as a sleeper contender because Belichick will get the most out of his guys, unlike any coach in this league. I see them. Okay, Rob. I see them making the playoffs, but not advancing. But not but, but not advancing past their first game. Okay, that's just me. That's just me. So you, you're telling me that if they play Buffalo in the first round of playoffs, they mm-hmm. can't beat Buffalo in Buffalo. They won't beat Buffalo. No. Okay. All they right. Won't. Okay. I find that interesting, but I'm telling you, I'm not betting against Belichick. I've, I've been burned enough. I've been burned enough. I'm not, I'm not betting. betting I'm not betting against Brady. I bet against Belichick now. I'm okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, so obviously, the Patriots are not the only team that has, uh, you know, made deals or struck gold, sort of speaking, free agency. Right. Uh-huh. A lot of other teams have made moves in our free agency. So, we're gonna go and talk about some of the moves and whether or not we think these moves are going to make impact. We're not going to go into all of the big ones just, and we're just talking about new players. Okay. So for example, Trent Williams signing with San Francisco, even though it's a big contract, we're not going to go into that because Trent Williams played with San Fran last year. Right. Okay? That's a massive contract. And he's got a big contract, but I guarantee you Trent Williams will not spend six seasons with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. A lot of times, um, you know, these players, they get these big contracts, but they're seeing maybe three or four years of, of that and, contract. And, and I watched something real quick about Trent Williams. Let's let's not forget the guy is thirty three. Yep. And and so if he's going to play out his contract, he's going to be almost forty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of times people look at these contracts. Oh man, see, no. Very rarely does an NFL player see the end of his contract unless he's a quarterback uh, or a another position, really like a punter or a kicker. Most players do not see the end of, of that contract. Yeah. So let's talk um, briefly. We'll, we'll just go into a couple of these and we'll say whether or not uh, it'll make an impact. Yannick Ngakwe, uh, he's with the now Las Vegas Raiders, pass rusher, 26 years old. Remember, he had a really good season a couple of years ago with the uh, Jaguars, played with the Baltimore Ravens and the Minnesota Vikings last year. You think that's going to make an impact for um, Las Vegas? Yes, I I totally agree. Um, I feel that um, his uh, he he will impact the defense because here's the thing: the Las Vegas Raiders for me intrigue me because I feel they have enough on offense and enough playmakers on defense to make some noise. I mm-hmm. just feel that they didn't live up to expectations. Um, yeah, and I don't think until. Um, uh, Chucky, the coach. Uh, what was his name again? Who, John Gruden? <laughs> yeah, Gruden. I like calling him Chucky because he reminds me of Chucky. 
um, until he gets all his guys in, like all the guys that he wants on that team. Um, I feel that this year they may be the surprise. They'll be a surprise team. I feel that the Vegas Raiders will make the playoffs. Oh boy! I, yeah. I feel that this right here really shores up the defensive line. Um, so yes, I I agree with this pick. Um, with this pickup, there's another pickup that I don't know if you'll bring up that I feel <laughs> is, um is valuable as well. But we'll see. We'll see if you bring that one up. Okay. So next we got Bud Dupree. Mm. Bud yes. Dupree. Uh, Bud Dupree. You know, signed with the Titans. I remember Bud Dupree got injured last year. Uh-huh. But, you know, when he played, he's one of the premier pass-rushing linebackers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Bud Dupree has been productive uh, in his time with, with the Steelers. And now he goes over to the Tennessee Titans, uh, who are, of course, a perennial playoff team. They've been in the playoffs the last couple of years. They've uh, been very, very productive, uh, very good offense. I think Ryan, Ryan Tannehill played well last year. And, you, of course, who can forget King Henry and his, and his powerful stiff arm. But – do you think Bud Dupree is what the Titans need to take that next step? Because if you think about him, there's like that level of Kansas City. Kansas City, I think, is in a class of their own right now in the AFC. Then you got the Baltimore, Tennessee. Is, can, is that enough or is that a good step in the right direction to get Tennessee up a level in the, in the AFC? 100%. That's going to help them because their their weakest link last year was their defense. And the thing was, their defense couldn't stop anybody. Um, they had average defense at best. Um, Bud Dupree shoring up that linebacking core, I think, is a move in the right direction. Now, is it enough, in my opinion? I still feel they need to make two more um hopefully free agent signings or, or maybe, or, or, you know, splash draft picks one on the defensive line and one on free safety. I think um, I don't really trust their, their safeties back there. They need to find a. Oh, Byron is a good safe. Yeah. Yeah. Byron's a good safe. He, he's okay. Um, oh boy. You are here just so. <laughs> He's you okay. out here just disrespect. Get Byron is a good safety. I think. Listen, he's, he's, he's okay. Top, he's a top level safety. Okay. Okay. Top yeah, level yeah. safety. We, we we can agree to disagree on that one. Okay. Um, you, you know he he shows some flashes here and there. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't jump off my screen. Um, he doesn't jump off your screen. No, he doesn't <laughs> jump off my screen. I need someone that's to jump off my screen. Um, they need someone. They need a. I really. I, I honestly. Wish that they, if they could have landed Bud Dupree and Shaq Barrett, ooh, I'd say, yeah, they don't have that money would be, back. yeah, who, that who would be, Shaq Barrett? yeah, who has Shaq that would, Barrett? That would make Myers look even, that would make Myers even look better than what some people think he is. You add Shaq Barrett and Bud Dupree, woo, listen, this team, this team won, won, won what, 11 games last year? I believe so, yeah, Tennessee, 11? they won 11. I think they can I mean, win they won, they won the division, so. Right. I believe that yeah. they can win 12, 13 games. Yeah, but if it's going to be a dog fight between New England, uh, not New England, uh, Indianapolis and Tennessee for that division. Right. Right. It's going to be a dog fight. Houston's not going to be competitive this year. And yeah. uh, Jacksonville, I don't think it's going to be competitive either. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> no, they're not going to be competitive. Uh, Tennessee and uh, Indianapolis are going to be the two teams that I think they're going to fight for that division. Right. And I think you add it. 
adding a player like Bud Dupree was a good play for Tennessee. Um, their defense uh, is very good. I think you have a very good coach. Mike Vrabel, of course, from that Belichick line, uh, very good defensive line, very smart coach. You know, like he pulls some of those Belichick tricks with some of the stuff that he tries to, you know, uh, get around with. I think it was he was the one that had of the false starts that helped drain time off the clock. He's a very uh, he's very smart. I I, I kind of like I like Mike Vrabel. I really didn't pay attention much to Tennessee last couple of years, mm-hmm. but seeing them like develop, that's a good like blue collar team. I like them. I think Bud Dupree is going to do very well for them, provided that he's back all the way from his uh, injury. Yeah, uh, I love Bud next Dupree. signing. Next signing. Uh, I want to talk about some offensive linemen. Okay. Wait, Joe Tuan. Wait, can we talk about one more defensive? Go uh, ahead. Pick up. Go ahead. That I think people are just ignoring. Um, listen, man. I really feel this JJ Watt. Uh, signing is isn't it isn't it paying well, dividends for Arizona? On a well, I was going to go to Arizona. I was after Joe Tuane. I was going to go into Arizona. Yeah, um, like we can talk about JJ Watt. JJ Watt yeah. is you know one of the best defensive linemen in the past ten years. Okay, when healthy, one the, and yeah, when healthy, and I think um when it's all said and done, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Okay, JJ Watt is a difference maker. All right. It, on a team that has potential right. to really do some special things this year, okay? You look at Arizona. They got DeAndre Hopkins, who's, who's a top five receiver in this league. Top ten mm-hmm. for some people, top five mm-hmm. for others. Larry Fitzgerald, you know, is still, a solid, is still a solid receiver. Not the guy that he used to be, okay? He's not the threat that he used to be. He's no, he no longer requires double teams. But he, he's still he's he's 40 serviceable. 40 yeah. catches in this season. He's good for 40 yeah. catches. You added A.J. Green. We want to see, hopefully, if he has anything left in the tank. Mm. He's been, you know, hit up with injuries. I love A.J. Green. Green is no longer – he's not a number one guy anymore. No. That's obvious. No, he's but, not. But if he's fully healthy, I think he can be a very good number two. Yep. I think he can be a productive number two because DeAndre Hopkins takes a lot of attention mm-hmm. away from the other receiver. And, you know, for the most part, A.J. Green is going to be operating one-on-one most of the time against the team's second-best corner. Right. So he should be able to make some plays. But J.J. Watt, uh-huh. okay, you got J.J. Watt. You have Marcus Golden, who, who played very well last year. They lost Hassan Reddick. So that's one edge rusher that they don't have. In, but you can replace guys like that and they, in the draft. And, and let's not forget, Patrick Peterson has moved on. Patrick Peterson has moved on. So there's some holes on that defense that they're going to have to uh, address. But J.J. Watt, if you get that healthy J.J. Watt, and I'm honestly, like, at this point, healthy premier J.J. Watt, at the most, you're going to get two years of that. That's the most you're going to get is two years of healthy, like, difference maker J.J. Watt. After that, that's it. Okay? You're not getting any more from J.J. Now, J.J., I think one of the – you know, best one of the best defensive linemen, one of the best people, you know, from his charity work in Houston. Very good guy. Okay. Never met him personally, but you know, from all accounts, a very, very good guy. But obviously, when you've gotten the injuries like that over mm-hmm. time and you're playing a, a position that requires you to have that shoulder strength, that really strong base in your legs to you know jump off the ball and get in the backfield. You got two more years of J.J. Watt. So Arizona is 
a potential threat in the NFC. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a very interesting division. The NFC West, Seattle, Arizona, the Rams, and the Niners. You got four teams that have, that have playoff potential. Okay. It's going to be very interesting to see how that, you know, plays out during the season. But Arizona is legit. And I think if Calamari makes the next step, uh, they can be a very, very legitimate, uh, you know, contender. What, what are your thoughts? Oh, I, I 100% agree. Um, I really, you know, if I wasn't a Bears fan, I'd be a, a Cardinals fan. I just love, well, first of all, I love Arizona as a, a state as a whole. I just love visiting Arizona. It's just a great place to, to visit. Um, but I really love what they're building over there. And, okay. You know, I was I was nervous about Kyler Murray because of his height, but looking at his playmaking ability, um, I see how, how how it transitions to the league. And I think, you know, let's not forget last year, the Cardinals were leading the division at one point mm-hmm. before before it all fell apart. Yep. Um, and um, you know, I really like the makeup of that team. I like what they did on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, they, you know, Kenyon Drake is gone now. So I yep. think that, you know, they may be in the draft looking for another running back possibly Yeah, um, in the draft. Um, and they need to, they need to find somebody. Listen, Patrick Peterson is one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, sad to see him go, but that's the, you know, the casualties of war when you're dealing with free agency that, you know, yeah. a big name sometimes has to get cut. Um, but here's the thing, um, you know, I'm a Bears fan and we, and we cut Kyle Fuller. So, you know, if Arizona could pick him up, you know, yes, yeah, he, yeah, Kyle Fuller can play. you know, that's somebody who I think can lessen the blow of losing a Patrick Peterson, um, mm-hmm. or, or if they, you know, go in the draft, but I, but I think looking at the draft, the top tier corners, I think will be gone within the first 15 picks of the draft. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Sertain is like the premier oh, guy here. Listen, I would be drafting him in a heartbeat if I, yeah. if, if 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 I was a GM of a team right now and and our defense sucked, he'd be he'd be one of the guys that I'd be I'd be picking off the board. Yeah, defensive sucking was uh, I think a major theme in the NFL last year. There weren't a lot of good defenses right uh, last year, uh, but so Arizona definitely is a you know legitimate contender. JJ Watt, AJ Green, definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. Big big additions you know, to the Arizona Cardinals, yeah. but I wanted I want to talk about Joe Tuane. Uh, he signs with the Kansas City Chiefs guard. Uh, last year played with the New England Patriots, one of the better guards in the league. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people have realized this. He's in his prime. Kansas City basically released their entire offensive line. Mm-hmm. They released Eric Fisher and uh, Mitchell Schwartz. Their tackles. Neither of those guys played in the Super Bowl due to injury. Their two guards are free agents, so they gave so they gave a lot of the money to Joe Tuane, who is uh, one of the top level guards in the NFL. And I think they're going to try to remake this line because if you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. a special you know once in a decade, once in every other decade talent, you better make sure you protect. I hundred percent agree. Because he has the ability to bring multiple championships to Kansas City. He's already brought one. And I think in the next, you know, three or four years, 
he's going to bring at least one more. Three so if he, he might bring two more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's listen. He can bring two or three more. All right. You've got to make sure that you have the pieces in place to protect your quarterback. I also agree. I, I, I also believe they need to add another receiver. I know it's like, oh, white goodness, all the weapons they have. But they you do. need to add another receiver Agreed. to balance that team out. Because obviously, Tampa Bay showed, if I can double team Tariq and allow uh, Kelsey to just beat me underneath and get, you know, not those big plays, but some of those just a seven to eight yard plays and kill the big play potential, I can beat Kansas City. They need another guy that can make some plays on his own, another receiver. I thought Sammy Watkins was that guy. He's not, it's not turning out that he's that guy um, to be, you know, the other receiver that can make defenses pay for double teaming uh, Tyreek Hill. So Joe Tuane signing, I think is a very big deal because they're going to need to commit to making sure that one, they protect Mahomes and two, it keeps them balanced to allow them to run the football because if Kansas City can run the football, you can't defend them. Like they'll they'll drop forty points on you with no with no issue, because you have one of the best quarterbacks, uh, one, definitely one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play the game, you know, behind center. So I think that's a really big move uh, signing Joe Tuane. Uh, I think in terms of other signings, we got Will Fuller who signed with Miami. I think that's a nice pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, Tua has weapons that he can hopefully develop with. That'll be a key. Uh, you know, point in his development because Tua's development is really going to be the main focus of Miami's kind of ascension in the AFC East. I don't think they're making the playoffs next year. Okay. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think for them in the coming years, they'll be a better, they'll be better as long as Tua is better. They're going to need a veteran backup to help with Tua's development. I think Fitzpatrick was really good last year for them. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with uh, uh, the Miami Dolphins. But Will Fuller is a good pickup because as long as he's healthy, he can be a very, very, uh, you know, big addition to that Miami passing game. Uh, but you mentioned Patrick Peterson uh, going to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You think Patrick Peterson still has anything left in the tank? I do. I still, I still feel that he has something left in the tank. Um, you know, he is a, you know – He's in his veteran years, you know, and mm-hmm. I and I feel that a team like Minnesota, um, a team like Minnesota, he will be, he can be, he can be very effective with that defense. Remember, mm-hmm. he, he was the anchor. He was the anchor of the Cardinals' defense. I think uh, Buda Baker now, you know, is his team. Oh, yeah, Buda Baker. I listen, man. Yeah. It's, it's his team. I like Buda Baker. I like Buda, Buda yeah. Baker. I, that's that's a guy I can, I really like Buda Baker's game. Yeah. He plays downhill. He's like a little torpedo missile. Yep. Um, you know, come, and I don't know if you remember. Uh, I think his name was Bob Sanders. He played for Indianapolis, a short safety. He, he very he had a, a couple of very, very good years with the Colts. And he was kind of like that downhill. Laid the wood on you in the open field. Okay, yep. okay. He, if you caught the ball within his vicinity, you knew where he was. He, he can knock your head off. Buda Baker is that kind of guy. Mitch plays. I really like um, Buda Baker. That's a very very good um, signing. Yeah. And uh, I know the biggest signing though 
of the offseason, uh, I think, is a signing that is a one-year deal. And I think it is without a doubt one of the – is going to be – is going to prove out in the season, in this regular season, 2021 regular season, to be one of the biggest signings in the NFL. And that is Andy Dalton being signed by the Chicago Bears. <laughs> this is a straight disrespect. <laughs> This is Andy Dalton, listen, the Red Rockets. This is, this is straight disrespect for my brother. Um, <laughs> to even mention this, Andy, this uh, free agent signing. Listen, and I am a you know everyone that's listening to the show. You you guys know I am a diehard Bears fan. That's and, why this is a big signing. Uh, no, it, it is not a big signing. Um, it's I feel that. You, they should have been a little bit more patient um, because, because here's the thing. Uh, they, they did the signing because from what I heard, they offered three number ones, yep. a second round pick, yep. Roquan Smith, and um, there's a rumor that said Khalil Mack. I, I, I don't believe that they would have put Khalil Mack on the market. No. Um, but still, Roquan, who was another, who was another number one? So that's four number ones, and that's and that's just never handing you, and a two. Um, which for Russell Wilson, right? Yeah, for Russell Wilson. No, so obviously Seattle's not trying to trade. Him. Right, Seattle says it, Seattle says they're not trying to trade him. Here's yeah. my thing: it's in Russell Wilson's hands. <laughs> yes. to to push the initiative if he wants. If he's serious about being traded. It's Russell Wilson's hand. And here's the thing. Seattle has to realize this. Their defense was trash last year. Yeah, Seattle's defense was trash. And they they held back on Russell Wilson. Because, like, you remember in the first couple of years, they allowed Russell Wilson to really improvise and do his thing. Mm-hmm. And they've been, in my opinion, scaling back. They've yeah. been scaling back on him. And I, I think that's what's been frustrating um, him. So, to me... I think that, you know, hey, I don't think that Seattle, in my opinion, can beat can beat the Rams. I don't think they can beat the Rams. I don't think they can beat the Buccaneers. And they can't beat the Packers. And they can't beat the Packers. So, yeah. to me, if, if my goal is to win another Super Bowl, and I have a top-tier quarterback, but I have all these other holes that I need to address, and – you know, they, they don't have um, a first-round pick in next year's uh, draft. And I believe that the year after they don't. So, yeah, you know, if the Bears get um, Russell, you know, those number ones are going to probably be low picks. Yeah. But, you know, you can make some moves where you can get multiple picks and really rebuild this team. The thing is that the Seahawks don't want to admit that, they, that, that the team needs a rebuild. You know, Russell, Russell keeps them afloat. He keeps them afloat and keeps them in, 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 the, in the contending conversation. But mm-hmm. the reality is you can't beat those top three teams right now. No, you can't. You Not just can't. You can't. So if the goal is to win Super Bowls, you know, it may be time to say, you know what, Russell, thank you for these first, what, eight years that he's been there, you know, with, with the organization. You brought us one. We need more. We should have had two. Oh, gosh. Yeah, they should have had two. Yep. You, you brought us one. 
You got us one. Thank you. We appreciate it. But you know what? Let's let you flourish somewhere else. And let's really rebuild this thing. Here's the thing. You have a beast of a receiver. Um, DK Metcalf. Yeah. With DK Metcalf. But also, let's not forget, DK Metcalf has one thing that I do see. He drops passes. Oh. A lot of these guys, a lot of the major guys, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna drop one every now and then. Yeah, but like, he's, but DK he, he drops them. He drops them. He drops them a lot of times in the end zone. <laughs> I see quite a few drops in the end zone. DK Metcalf is it, and he's made you know don't get me wrong. He's made some. Listen, I, I love him on fantasy. Don't get me wrong, I love that guy on fantasy. But um, I I think that the offer the offer was good. The Bears offered a very good package, and mm-hmm. I think you know th- they should have taken it. Um, of course, you think they should take it. You're a, Bears <laughs> You're a Bears fan, of course. If my team has an opportunity to add Russell Wilson, yes, Dude, they should have taken three it. first rounds, one second round, Roquan Smith. Yeah, but that's but that's, understand, uh, in Tom Brady's here, if you have a quarterback, that's a difference maker. Tampa Bay was a was a non playoff team last year. All of a sudden, they win the Super Bowl by basically adding Tom Brady. Like, uh, so if you got the quarterback, and Seattle knows that they have like the main piece of what every team is trying to get in order to be contender. You have that piece. So now it's like, now that we have the piece, so how can we build around the piece? I don't think you want to get rid of the piece in order to become a better team because that's the piece. It's the quarterback, right? It's a quarterback. But sometimes, but sometimes, sometimes you. you you have to look at yourself and say, can I beat Green Bay? Can I beat the Rams? And can I beat um, the Buccaneers? Tampa. But the question is going to be no right now. But you the can't. question is even more of a no if you get rid of Russell Wilson. Because it's not like if I get rid of Russell Wilson, I get any closer to beating any of those three teams we just named. There's no way that you have any shot of even right. making the playoffs next year if you get rid of Russell Wilson. Right, and, and and one year of suffering to be yeah, a contender. One year of suffering. As the Bears, I've only been suffering trying to find a quarterback. Rob, decades one, of suffering. One year of suffering. There's not to, one year of suffering. It's many years of suffering. You're not going to replace years of suffering. Russell Wilson next year. Who are you going to get next year? Is going to approximate what you get from Russell Wilson. You're not. You're not going to get that guy. Right, but the thing exactly. is exactly. There's not the, one year. There's people of available. It's gonna be decades or something. Listen, listen. There's always gonna be the new kid on the block. Okay, okay. So fine. So if there's always a new kid on the block, let the Bears find him and add to their team. Okay, let the Bears find a new kid so that he can be productive. Okay, this, is, this is a fun conversation, but we're gonna get into something a little bit uh, serious right now. Okay, <laughs> talking about quarterbacks and one quarterback in particular who's been in the news. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he would not want, he doesn't want this kind of news coverage. It's Deshaun Watson. Okay. Mm. Deshaun Watson has been a big story this offseason. First, because he has openly requested a trade from the Houston Texans. And Houston has been very adamant that they do not want to trade their franchise player. But mm. over this week, uh, we've heard news reports of Thank now you, up Sean. to 12 accusations of sexual harassment, sexual assault against Deshaun Watson, okay? Now, one thing, of course, you look at Deshaun Watson, and of course, never met the guy, but 
from, you know, looking at him in college in Clemson, you know, following him in, in, the, in the pros with the Houston Texans. Seems like a very down-to-earth, a nice guy, a respectable, you know, young man. To hear this, what are what were your first thoughts? What one when you heard it, and then two, what do you think are going to be the ramifications of these allegations? Now, don't even think, don't don't even mention whether or not it's true or not. Just on the ramifications of the allegations themselves on Deshaun Watson. Um, Deshaun Watson, uh, you know. I, you know, out of respect for the victims, um, and you know, I don't want to be controversial um, about this because Deshaun Watson is is you know one of my favorite young players that has come in the league. I've, I I followed the guy since high school, mm-hmm. um, and you know, seeing this man, you know, you know, seeing what he's done with his life and his career, um, I. I was hurt. I was devastated hearing the news Mm. now because basically what it's saying is, is that it's saying that, you know, this man has a, another side that we don't know. Yeah. Um, Right. Initially when the allegations came out, my mindset is, wow, how convenient, like, why is it happening at this particular moment when the guy wants out? Yeah, and then, you know, as of the time of this recording, um, we're up to twelve. Yeah, and you know there may be ten more. You know, by the time that by the time this episode airs, there might be ten more. Um, <laughs> wow, man, ten more yeah. um, allegations. Now, word on the street is that the, the teams that are still pursuing him are still, you know, this is not deterring them, but here are the ramifications. Mm-hmm. Let's hypothetically say that there are 22 mm. and they go to court and all 22 are thrown out. Yeah. Right. Let's, let's just use that as a, we'll start there. Let's just say that that's the case. And all, and all, you know, let's say, Let's say we find out that there's 30 by next week that come out and all 30 are thrown out. The NFL is going to suspend him. Yeah, he's got to be the fact. Yeah, he's, he's going think, to be suspended. Yeah. So, so, so if you're a team who still is going to trade for Deshaun, right? And next year happens and you know, let's not forget what happened to um, uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He got, you know, yeah, his ordeal. The least suspended him six games in the middle of the season. <laughs> yep, yep. So, to me, this would this would <laughs> at the minimum, if the league is in a follow course, this at the minimum he'd be out for six games. If we're gonna follow more. Yeah, if we're going to follow how the league minimum, we're looking at six. So if you're a team who, let's say, is trades the – because to get Deshaun Watson, it's going to take – start the, the conversation is going to start with at least three first rounds, right? Mm-hmm. That's where the conversation starts. 
Because now, he is. Now, let, me, let me ask you this. Let me uh -huh. ask you this. So, do you think that these allegations diminish his value in terms of a trade? Like, if a team is saying, we'll give you three first round picks and a good player, is it now, we'll just give you three first round picks? Yeah, I do feel that it will diminish the value. But here's Houston's predicament right now. Houston already knows we're not a playoff contender next year. Yep. Houston knows that already. So Houston is not going to, in essence, as bad as it looks, Houston in a way, Houston in a way will win. Because here's the thing. He may still want to trade, right? Mm. He may still want to trade. But the value... Like honestly, right now, if you were a team that if you were a team that said I'm gonna give, you know, four first round picks and one future, and, and, and a second round and a good player, let's just say that that was the package: four first yeah. rounds, a second round that could be swapped, and a, you know, if we were gonna give it a five star rating player, a four star rating player okay. for Deshaun, I think that's a that's a fair offer for the services of Sean Watson for a okay. team that already is going to be bad. Okay. Um, yes. It's going to diminish the asking price. But the thing is at, to me at this point, Houston has a little leverage because Houston would just turn back to him and say, look, your damaged goods. No one's gonna, you know, no one, no one's going to want you. Well, no Ooh. one is going to be excited to do it. And the thing is, if you're a team, who is a quarterback piece away from becoming a, a title contender, you have to face the fact that if we trade for this guy and the league drops an eight-game suspension on him, mm -hmm. so he's gone for half the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, potentially. He's, he's, and I he's gave done. away all this talent to get him. And, and you're remember, probably not going to make the playoffs. Right. Because and then we all know how, how, how hard it is in the NFL – to keep the team together for a period of time mm -hmm. because, you know, people, people are going to want their money. You know, if, if they have a breakout season and they're playing on a, on a rookie contract, you know, they're going to want money somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, like, like I feel bad for the victims. I feel bad that regardless of how you see it, he put himself in that position, unfortunately. Yeah, he did. He, he put himself in that position, unfortunately, regardless of if all these are, are all lies, he put himself in that, in that position. And so as much as I like, like, you, you know, I'm, I'm still a Deshaun fan. I just hope, you know, I, I of course want to wait to all the details come out because the details that have come out so far have been are troubling. Pretty, pretty disturbing. Yeah. I would yes. Say so. Are troubling. But um, you know, I, I feel bad for the for the victims, and I also feel bad. You know, I feel bad for the choices you know th that he made. He, you know, he put himself in a bad position right now. Yeah, I think Deshaun Watson, his reputation is, I think, going to be forever damaged, mm -hmm. regardless of whether or not there's a conviction here. Because in the eyes of a lot of people, once you're convicted, I mean, sorry, not I won't say convicted. Once you're accused, right, mm -hmm. you're convicted. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's in the eyes of a lot of people. You know, we sit on at the top of our, you know, thrones and we cast stones on anybody who has any kind of impropriety in their lives. And if it's true that this is, you know, what's been taking place, 
uh, he needs, I mean, he needs, he needs help. Cause obviously there's a, there's a, there's an issue going on. Mm-hmm. If it's that many w- women uh, and it's to the extent that they're saying that it is, that's extremely troubling. So his reputation is going to take a major hit. Uh, and that's going to be, of course, you know, detrimental to him as an individual, which is more important than him as a, you know, player. Because the guy is a phenomenal athlete. Mm-hmm. However, you can't go around doing things that, of course, that he's accused of doing. And I hope that this is not true. Because like you also thought very highly or think, mm-hmm. still think very highly of Deshaun Watson, both as a person and as a player. Like I said, I've never met him before. But from all accounts, all appearances, he looks like a very uh, upstanding guy. And you root for guys like that especially young players who have success in college who work hard and have found success in the NFL. You root for those guys because you want to see them do well, you know, but this right here. And he's done a lot in the community. Like like guys that have, you know, not only been, uh, you know, big time players on the field, but big time players off the field as well with their charity work, which is why I also uh, talked about JJ Watt earlier guys who have done, you know, the work, uh, on and off the field, use, of course, the blessings that they've gotten in terms of big contracts that go and help other people. You root for guys like that, okay? You root for guys like that because you want to see them do well. But it's going to be a huge, huge hit on his reputation. Don't know if it's something like that, because especially, you know, in the environment now, you cannot, you know, sexual assault, things of that nature, sexual misconduct, uh, I don't know if you can recover. Uh, it's going to take him a while. If he can't recover, it's going to take him a while to recover from that. Some people will never forgive him uh, for mm-hmm. that. Yeah, people who still um, <clears throat> kick dirt on Michael Vick's name for dogfighting, even though he actually served time, you know, for that. So people are going to kick na- kick dirt on your name, especially when it has uh, something to do with an egregious uh, allegation like sexual assault. Uh, as far as the trade. I don't think for right now anything's going to be popping off with Deshaun Watson going anywhere because Houston, it's a nightmare, PR nightmare, of course, for Houston, PR nightmare, of course, for Deshaun Watson. So that is going to be a very interesting situation to keep your eye on because that is probably going to be a soap opera that's not going to end anytime soon with Deshaun Watson's allegations, the trade demands. It's going to be a very, very big deal when it comes to uh, how that kind of plays itself out. So we that's that's been a lot, okay, so far. Uh, free agency, Deshaun Watson. I need a break. I think John, you probably need a break too. Oh yeah, I need a break, bro. Yeah, need a little break. So we're gonna take a break, okay? We'll be back in a couple minutes, and uh, we're gonna talk some NCAA March Madness when we come back. All right, peace. Continue. All right, guys, we are back, and we're going to be talking about some NCAA March Madness. Okay, now, as the time of this recording, we've just completed day one of the men's tournament, and your bracket is probably already busted because of Ohio State. Okay, Ohio State lost the two seed, got knocked out by Oral Roberts. Okay, I don't know where Oral Roberts University is, but... They're celebrating right now because they just pulled up one of the biggest upsets in tournament history. 
So that was the South region um, now, which basically is wide open for Baylor. I think Baylor's uh, road to the Final Four is a lot easier now because Ohio State, which is seen as one of the contenders, you know, to go to the Final Four is out of the picture. So Oral Roberts took out Ohio State. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some other upsets that will have taken place by the time this recording is released. So I want to ask John. John, just let me know really quickly who three or four of your kind of sleeper teams in this uh, NCAA tournament. Give me three or four of your sleeper teams in this tournament. Maybe like Oral Roberts that uh, is advancing (laughs) to to the uh, round of 32. Okay. One of my sleeper teams, um, which actually won yesterday, is Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is about the Orangemen. I always root for the Orangemen. Um, so Syracuse is definitely one of my teams. Um, the next team who I, who I think might make the Sweet 16, I don't know why I feel this, but I think they might, is the Georgetown Hoyas. Wow, Georgetown. I think Georgetown, um, I expect them, you know, at the time of this recording, of course, um, the first round, the first rounds, the first rounds will be down to the Sweet 16 by the by the time this recording airs. But I I think that Georgetown might make it. Yeah, I like I like and <laughs> another another team who I think is possible is Let's not – oh, man, I, um, I'm going on a limb here, and I was, like, dancing last night because c- I stayed up to watch this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Rutgers. I think I think Rutgers – Rutgers? I think Rutgers might surprise some people. I think Rutgers might surprise some people. Okay. Um, right. And um, besides that, Oregon State possibly. Okay. All right. So Oregon yeah. State, uh, Georgetown, Syracuse. And Rutgers. And Rutgers. The yep. Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Yep. Shout out Piscataway, New Jersey, Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Uh, so looking at the tournament, my upset, okay, I think I have a sleeper team. My team, University of Ohio, Okay. I think the University of Ohio can make the Sweet 16. I think they can beat Virginia. Virginia is a team that, you know, they're always up there, you know, a top four, top three seed. It's just their style of play leaves them vulnerable to getting upset. Okay. It's it's not a coincidence that they're the the team that got beat. They're the one seed that got beat by a 16. Okay. Now, granted, they are the defending national champions. But I think that they are vulnerable in the first round today. And it's because of Jason Preston of University of Ohio. Okay. Mm. He is you know, very good, uh, a very good player, good scorer, uh, can get in the lane and create, but he can't hit free throws. Now, that's problematic for a guard when you're not a good free throw shooter. But I think Ohio has potential to beat Virginia. Cause remember Virginia hasn't been practicing for about a week now and the way they play, they need practice because they play that old man YMCA kind of ball. 
Yep. You know, slow down, take it the time. Games in the 50s, low 60s, that's how they play. And it's going to be very interesting if Ohio can kind of speed them up a little bit. I think Ohio has a chance to pull the upset. Uh, I also think Georgetown, I agree with Georgetown. I think they're running on uh, adrenaline after winning the Big East. Mm-hmm. And I think that they have the potential to knock off Colorado. And I expect them. I, I'm picking Georgetown to win that game, uh, actually, against uh, Colorado. And that's a, one of those, you know, 5-12 matchups that every year, you know, creates like a, an upset. Yeah, you uh, always get one. You always get one of yeah, those. you always get one. Okay. And I think that is going to be a very, very interesting game. Like you got one yesterday, Oregon State knocked up Tennessee. So you already got your 12 that won, mm-hmm. um, you know, against a five. And then no. – Oregon – yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or yeah, Oregon State, um, you know, advanced to the uh, round of 32. Uh, I like Syracuse. I think Syracuse is really good. Uh, I think, honestly – Florida has potential. I mean, they're playing Oral Roberts next round. So they have potential to make it to the Sweet 16. They can be in the lead eight because the winner, because Arkansas, in the first half, Arkansas did not look that good against Colgate. Colgate, you know, I knew as a toothpaste. You're right. All right. But, you know, it's one of the, it's one of the Ivy League schools. That they, they're good. I mean, they guys they played well, but those guys are playing basketball because they're going to be accountants and, <laughs> and lawyers. You know, yeah, hedge fund <laughs> managers down the road. They're not future NBA players. You're playing right. a bunch of future hedge fund managers and, uh, you know, accountants, forensic, C, you know, forensic accountants. That, that's, that's what you play. Forensic there. scientists. Yeah, forensic scientists, you know, a neurologist maybe. That's what you're playing against. What okay. if Colgate had a, had a first-round pick? In the they don't have any picks. <laughs> and y'all, you know, Arkansas was getting beat by double digits against these accountants and uh, you know neurologists. So I think uh, Arkansas, you know, if they get past Texas Tech, uh, that'll be interesting to kind of see. But Florida uh, has the potential to make a good run, uh, you know, this season. I mean, you know, in the uh, tournament. Now uh, we talked about sleepers, of course. Mm-hmm. The March Madness is one of the most exciting times in all the sports calendar. Okay, you got all these teams, you got the upsets, you got all these players who make their name in March. You got these uh, major teams that are able to come through and, you know, make it to the Final Four. Some teams crumble under, under the pressure. But tell me, John, who are your Final Four? Tell me the four teams you think at the end of it are going to be there and be like, okay, these are the four teams that I am secure or confident that are mm-hmm. going to be there when the Final Four is here in a couple of weeks. All right, so after the Ohio State debacle, because in a couple of my – I had a lot of brackets, and I had Ohio yeah. State winning it in one of them, but I had them at least in the Elite Eight or Final Four. Yep. Um, but my Final Four, um, as it stands right now, um, I am – I'm confident in really one, maybe two of these teams – that I'm like 100% confident that they will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say who, but my four is Baylor. Okay. Illinois. Okay. Alabama. Okay. And the Zags from Gonzaga. I'm like, this is Gonzaga's year. 
the heavyweights, like I consider Gonzaga a heavyweight because they've been in the mix the last six years or so. They've been they've been there. Yep. They've been in the Sweet 16s, the Elite Eights. They made the Final Four, what, once or twice in this mm-hmm. run here. Mm-hmm. Um, but they haven't won. They have not won. And I feel that with everything that is aligned right now, this is their this is their time. This, this is their is time it. to take it. Like this and you it. gotta seize it. And so um I have Gonzaga winning the whole thing. Um but that's my final four. Um, and it's yep. going to be a, a highly contested final four. If it's yep. not Gonzaga, it, it'll be Illinois. Who? Yeah, Illinois is good, man. Illinois is good. Mm-hmm. So here are my final four, okay? Uh-huh. And I think potentially that this is going to be a very, like, like you said, it's a very highly, highly contested uh, tournament. And it's going to be very interesting to see how the one seeds kind of play. Like two of the one seeds already advanced yesterday. I think two more will advance today. Uh, I am interested to really see, you know, how they look though, because that's important. How you look in that first round? Are you focused and ready to take this thing all, all the way uh, to the final four? And of course the championship, but my final four, I got Gonzaga mm-hmm. from the West. I got Baylor in the South. I have Illinois in the Midwest. Three, one seeds. Mm-hmm. I don't have four one seeds because uh, I, I don't think Michigan's going to make. Mm. Okay, so, I don't think Michigan's going to make. I think Texas is going to go to the. Oh, final. you got Texas. Yes, Texas is going to go to the final. That's who I'm picking. Now, granted, so you got Texas. You, this, you got Texas beating out. Yes, Texas Alabama. Texas yes, yes. Oh, interesting. And now, if Texas gets knocked off by Abilene Christian, okay, <laughs> then obviously I was wrong. But I think Illinois, Baylor, Gonzaga, and Texas are going to be your final four. And in, in, in the title game, I got Gonzaga, and I have Baylor in the, in, in the championship game. Okay. Edging out Illinois. Before they succumb to Gonzaga in the in the title game, yeah. I had Zags winning it all. I want to listen. I want to see Gonzaga win. I think those guys have been knocking on the door for a long time. Yes, they get a lot of you know three or four year guys. They have a one year guy, Jalen Suggs. Oh yeah, he's gone. Is potentially a number one pick. All this yeah. talk about okay, Cunningham is Kate listen, Cunningham is good. He's yeah. really good, but Jalen Suggs is no joke. And and listen, this draft coming up is gonna be a good draft. Yes, Jalen Suggs, no joke. And I think he's going to show America because this is now the biggest stage he's been on. He's going to show America who Jalen Suggs is and what Jalen Suggs is about. And right. I think that's going to uh, equal or end in a title for Gonzaga. That's what I think, man. Gonzaga, Texas. Uh, Illinois and Baylor, your final four. Too bad we, we, we didn't give you this before the actual tournament started. You guys could have made some money uh, by, by bringing these final four, <laughs> you know, to a to to a uh, you know a wager. But uh, that's the final four, man. That's that's the final four, and I'm excited for this tournament. I'm going to spend all day on Saturday 
watching basketball like every sports fan should be doing. Um, Listen, every sports fan this first weekend yes. should be watching every game. Yes. Because um, yes. um, there's just going to be so much. Here's the thing. Because of the limit of fans to the games, mm-hmm. I, like, I feel that they're going to be more upsets than ever. Um, yeah, possibly because you, know, yeah. you don't have fans behind behind you. Mm-hmm. But like every sports fan, I'm a big advocate of taking days off from work to watch a tournament. Right. I am. You should take a day off. I've done it before. Why yep. I took Thursday and Friday off when the tournament was Thursday and Friday. I took Thursday and Friday off because I wanted to do nothing but watch basketball. And, you know, sometimes it's try it. You should try it for one year. Yeah. One year, just say, you know what? This year I'm going to commit to watching basketball. Now, of course, it's unproductive time, you know, watching basketball, but it's enjoyable. It's every very therapeutic then, to seeing, especially, yes, when, you're, then, especially yeah. when you're watching these, these no-name schools that you haven't seen all year. Yeah come up and upset a big uh a, a big team like i don't know what it is about i think it's because it's the what makes march madness i believe exciting for the sports fan is the uncertainty yeah. of the results yep you don't know on any given night you know someone you know uh uh, uh a school that you've never heard of can knock off a big school and what it does for these small schools i think it's it's more the tournament does more for the smaller schools oh, yeah, than big the big time. schools mm-hmm. because the big schools they're on TV all the time. The kids yep. know, you know, who the big schools are. But these mm-hmm. small schools, like maybe a kid who thought about going to Kentucky, might see a, uh, you know, University of Ohio, be like, "Wow, man! Like, like those guys really play together." Like, yeah, you know, they may, you know, I got a chance to go to the school and make some noise. Yeah, and no doubt, you know. So, I love the uncertainty of the results. And the thing is, you know, you guys heard our final four picks. Who knows? By the time this episode airs, half those teams may not be may not be may not even be in the mix. We don't yep. know. But you know, that's I feel pretty confident my teams are going to be alive. So, well, I feel that's the case. I feel at least three. I feel confident. I feel confident about three of mine. Everybody should be no. All my guys should be alive by the time this episode airs. Right. Okay. <laughs> Baylor and Illinois are alive. If Gonzaga and Texas are not in the tournament by the time this thing airs, we got a problem. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. We got a problem. So oh, that awesome that was that was I think it was a really good conversation. We talked about a lot of things. Uh, you know, NFL free agency, Deshaun Watson, and of course March Madness, the NCAA tournament. But we want to know what you guys think. So there's a good way for you to reach out to us. Bloodbrothersballin at gmail.com. Okay. Bloodbrothersballin. And that, again, is ballin without the G. So B-A-L-L-I-N. Bloodbrothersballin at gmail.com. Social media is going to be coming up very, very soon. Uh, And as far as... The, the questions, we enjoy the, uh, you know, questions and interactions with our fans. And I think it's extremely important that we, you know, stay engaged and, of course, have this great sports conversation. So definitely uh, reach out to us, bloodbrothersballing at gmail.com. We love the interaction. And tell us what you think. 
do you think that our final four picks are way off? That there is another team that we have not addressed or haven't talked about. Do you think the New England Patriots are legitimate title contenders Mm-mm. now that they've added all these free agents? No. What do you think? Talk to us. Let us know. Once again, thank you for being a brother. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for caring. Take care and goodbye. Peace. Love you.